Section 7 of The Welsh and Their Literature by George Barrow. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Eric Metzler. Section 7. Hugh Morris was born in the year 1622 and died in 1709, having lived in six reigns. The place of his birth was Pontymabion, in the valley of Geiriog, in Denbighshire. He was a writer of songs, carols, and elegies, and was generally termed Eos Ceriog, or the Nightingale of Ceriog, a title which he occasionally well deserved, for some of his pieces, especially his elegies, are of great beauty and sweetness. Not infrequently, however, the title of Dithyan Ceriog, or the Owl of Ceriog, would be far more applicable, for whenever he thought fit he could screech and hoot most fearfully. He was a loyalist, and some of his strains against the roundheads are fraught with the bitterest satire. His dirge on Oliver and his men, composed shortly after Monk had declared for Charles the Second, is a piece quite unique in its way. He lies buried in the graveyard of the beautiful church of Llansillian, in Denbighshire. The stone which covers his remains is yet to be seen just outside the southern wall, near the porch. The last great poet of Wales was a little swarthy curate, but this child of immortality, for such he is, must not be disposed of in half a dozen lines. The following account of him is extracted from an unpublished work called Wild Wales, by the author of The Bible in Spain. Goronwy or Gronwy Owen, was born in the year 1722, at a place called Thanver Mathavrn Aithav, in Anglesey. He was the eldest of three children. His parents were peasants and so exceedingly poor that they were unable to send him to school. Even, however, when an unlettered child he gave indications that he was visited by the Awen or Muse. At length the celebrated Lewis Morris chanced to be at Llanfair, became acquainted with the boy, and struck with its natural talents, determined that he should have all the benefit which education could bestow. He accordingly, at his own expense, sent him to school at Belmares, where he displayed a remarkable aptitude for the acquisition of learning. He subsequently sent him to Jesus College, Oxford, and supported him there while studying for the church. At Jesus, Gronwy distinguished himself as a Greek and Latin scholar, and gave proofs of such poetical talent in his native language that he was looked upon by his countrymen of that Welsh college as the rising bard of the age. After completing his collegiate course, he returned to Wales, where he was ordained a minister of the church in the year 1745. The next seven years of his life were a series of cruel disappointments and pecuniary embarrassments. The grand wish of his heart was to obtain a curacy and to settle down in Wales. Certainly a very reasonable wish, for, to say nothing of his being a great genius, he was eloquent, highly learned, modest, meek, and of irreproachable morals. Yet Granwy Owen could obtain no Welsh curacy, nor could his friend Lewis Morris, though he exerted himself to the utmost, procure one for him. It was true that he was told that he might go to Llanver, his native place, and officiate there at a time when the curacy happened to be vacant, and thither he went, glad at heart to get back amongst his old friends, who enthusiastically welcomed him. 
Yet scarcely had he been there three weeks when he received a notice from the chaplain of the Bishop of Bangor that he must vacate Lanvere in order to make room for a Mr. John Ellis, a young clergyman of large independent fortune, who was wishing for a curacy under the Bishop of Bangor, Dr. Hutton. So poor Gronwy, the eloquent, the learned, the meek, was obliged to vacate the pulpit of his native place to make room for the rich young clergyman who wished to be within dining distance of the palace of Bangor. Truly in this world the full shall be crammed, and those who have little shall have the little which they have taken away from them. Unable to obtain employment in Wales, Gronwy sought for it in England, and after some time procured the curacy of Oswestry, in Shropshire, where he married a respectable young woman, who eventually brought him two sons and a daughter. From Oswestry he went to Donnington, near Shrewsbury, where under a certain Scotchman named Douglas, who was an absentee, and who died Bishop of Salisbury, he officiated as curate and master of a grammar school for a stipend, always grudgingly and contumeliously paid, of three and twenty pounds a year. From Donnington he moved to Walton in Cheshire, where he lost his daughter, who was carried off by a fever. His next removal was to Northolt, a pleasant village in the neighborhood of London. He held none of his curacies long, either losing them from the caprice of his principles, or being compelled to resign them from the parsimony in which they practiced towards him. In the year 1756 he was living in a garret in London, vainly soliciting employment in his sacred calling, and undergoing with his family the greatest privations. At length his friend Lewis Morris, who had always assisted him to the utmost of his ability, procured him the mastership of a government school at New Brunswick, in North America, with a salary of three hundred pounds a year. Thither he went with his wife and family, and there he died some time about the year 1780. He was the last of the great poets of Cambria, and with the exception of Ab Gwilym, the greatest which she has produced. His poems, which for a long time had circulated through Wales in manuscript, were first printed in the year 1819. They are composed in the ancient bardic measures, and were, with one exception, namely an elegy on the death of his benefactor, Lewis Morris, which was transmitted from the New World, written before he had attained the age of thirty-five. All his pieces are excellent, but his masterwork is decidedly the the Varn, or Day of Judgment. This poem, which is generally considered by the Welsh as the brightest ornament of their ancient language, was composed at Donnington, a small hamlet in Shropshire, on the northwest spur of the Wrekin, at which place, as has been already said, Gronwy toiled as schoolmaster and curate under Douglas the Scot, for a stipend of three and twenty pounds a year. Footnote. It must be mentioned, however, in justice to Douglas, that in the autobiography of Dr. Carlyle, lately published, we find that John Douglas, who has for some time been Bishop of Salisbury, and who is one of the most able and learned men on that bench, had at this time, 1758, some years after Gronwy had left him, but small preferment. End of section 7. Recording by Eric Metzler, Albuquerque, New Mexico, United States of America.